This happened about two years ago when I tried to get into the dating scene using Bumble after my first relationship ended. This guy, we'll call him Kyle, was one of my first matches on the app. Everything went smoothly. He seemed very nice and goal-oriented. After about two weeks of talking, we decided to finally meet up. The whole date was a disaster. I'll sum up everything he did during it. I know some of you will ask, but I didn't have a license or a car to bail as much as I wish I did. My brother drove me to the meeting spot. Kyle took me to a little airport cafe since it's right next to our basic three-seated airplane airport. He began talking about his ex and how she was pregnant. He went into detail about the hospital fees he paid thinking that it was his kid until the baby was born. She had cheated on him based off of a very different skin color of the baby that it obviously couldn't be his. Then Kyle began to talk about his mother who had some problems as she liked to tase her kids including him and watch them seize up. He told me that he had health problems from this. Then he began to talk about getting his pilot's license and how he always wanted to propose to someone in a plane. Literally the next thing he said was, so have you ever been up in one of those little planes? With a wink. Then continued to say that he was in a midlife crisis and planned to die at 40, but that I had given him a reason to live. After we ate, we left. The day continued as Kyle said that there was nothing to do in my town and he wanted to drive two hours away to the next big one where there's more stuff to do. I declined and he changed his intent with actually wanting to see his friend down there. I told him that I would be okay if he dropped me off at a local store and he could go by himself. He got upset and pretended to turn around and head back into my town. Then Kyle pulled over on the side street with many houses and asked if I would like to practice driving. I said no of course because I hadn't even read the little book that DMVs give out and this car was one of those expensive Mustangs. I wasn't going to crash it. Then he pouted, said he needed gas, and onto the gas station we went. When we get to the gas station, he asked about my previous relationships. I said it wasn't something that I would talk to someone that was so new, and clarified it wasn't a good one. This seemed like a good time to leave, as even though it's a gas station with only pumps, I could easily walk to the store and call my brother. But of course, Kyle wouldn't have that. He locked me in the car. I got frantic trying to find the lock to pull or push, but there weren't any. He said that he only had locks on his side and he wanted to know about my ex. I began to have an anxiety attack and scratched on my head, hyperventilating, crying. He simply sat there and watched me do it without saying a word. After about an hour, I finally could breathe calmly and told him my ex was a friend that I had known for nine years. Then after the relationship started, he became abusive. He simply responded with, okay, and let me out. I called my brother a few times and he didn't pick up and I wanted to get home. So I agreed to let him drive me home with a plan of dropping me off near a neighbor's house because I didn't want him knowing where my parents lived. After he dropped me off, he messages me on the app about how I ruined the date and made it awkward and that I was weird. I confronted him about how uncomfortable and scared he made me feel, which he responded with, okay, and then unmatched me. 
I deleted the app after and didn't re-download it for another 6 months to try again, but it was the most terrifying day of my life. This happened a few years ago. I'm a female and was 20 years old. I had just gotten into the Tinder scene and was pretty new to the whole thing. One of my first matches I had was this guy named Zach. Zach seemed super cool and we messaged back and forth on the platform about video games, anime, and about generic other things in our lives for about a week. Finally, Zach asked if we could meet up. I figured enough time had gone by and he hadn't given me any red flags so I said yes. We set a date for the next day and then I made my first big mistake. I gave him my address to pick me up. Looking back on this now, I realize how stupid I was to do that and things could have gone a lot worse than they did. The next day comes and I spend much of the morning nervously getting ready for my first real Tinder date. Thankfully, my roommate Sarah was also home with me and experienced the whole ordeal. About 30 minutes before Zach was supposed to pick me up, Sarah and I watched two cars pull up in front of our four-unit apartment building. Three of these redneck-looking, creepy countrymen get out. They look to be about 40, so Sarah and I paid them no mind. The next thing we know, we hear loud banging on the main door. Our building is locked unless you are a tenant, so they clearly didn't belong. Me being as naive as I was, thought that they were there for one of the other building residents and stupidly opened the door to ask them who they were looking for. The guy in the middle said, we're here for... At that moment, I went from friendly, to confused, to scared. I didn't like the way they were looking at me. I told him that that was me. Third mistake. He gave me the creepiest once over and said, Oh yes, you look just like your pictures. This sent a chill down my spine and I demanded to know who they were and what they wanted. The guy in the middle said that they were friends with Zach and that they were here to pick me up for our date. I asked him where Zach was. He just snickered and said, He's in the car and pointed to the second car, which was strategically parked behind a tree so I couldn't see if Zach was actually in there or not. Luckily, I'm not that stupid. I told him that if Zach wanted me to go out to the car, then he could come and get me himself. Then the guy on the right steps up and asks if I would like to get with him. I went to shut the door but he shoved his boot into the frame before I could close it. The man on the right then says, If you won't fuck me, fuck my buddies at least. At that moment, Sarah comes out of the lobby, yanks me into our apartment and locks the door. They banged on the door for a few minutes and Sarah called the cops. They left shortly after and we watched from the living room as they got back into the cars and drove away. There was nobody else in the car. What's even worse is a couple hours later, I got a message from Zach saying, I'm so sorry. My friends took my phone and thought that they would play a prank on me. Don't worry, you'll see that I'm a good guy when we actually meet. I blocked him instantly and deleted my Tinder. The cops couldn't do anything because I didn't get their names or license plate, so I never did find out what happened to those guys. This was in November in Scotland. I was desperate, I must admit. 
I had been single and alone for some time and it was driving me crazy. That's when I met Laura. She came across as a very sweet girl and all, but she was in a hurry to meet me. So I did. She insisted that we go to a pub and no fancy dates were necessary. And I didn't mind that. At first glance, I knew I'd been swindled. She looked different from what I saw before, but I didn't really mind. I was just happy to have a date and I'm not exactly good looking myself. I gave her a chance to redeem herself. We got talking and after a few beers, things started to get more intimate. Before I go any further, she was quite an overweight girl with long dark hair and she had eyeshadow similar to Amy Winehouse and she said that she was a huge fan. I asked her about her hobbies and interests, but she asked me to talk more about myself. I told her about my job and she yawned sarcastically. Let's talk about your sex life, she said. She slipped her foot out of her shoe and started rubbing it on my groin. Needless to say, I was aroused. So yeah, I don't have much to say in that department and it's been a while since I had sex, so I was very honest with her. I asked her about hers and she said she has her kinks and that she's done things that I never imagined. Want to see what I can do? She said, let's go to my place. So at this point, I was starting to feel very drunk, which I was amazed as I was only on my fourth pint. I did have two shots though. We waited for a taxi and she was holding my hand excitedly whispered into my ear that she was going to do some things that I have never experienced before. In a way, I actually couldn't wait to just sleep. My head felt heavier than the rest of my body. It was like the ground was moving beneath my feet. The rest was a blur. I can't even remember getting into the taxi, but I do remember falling down the stairs and she was above me laughing at me. Come on, she said, get your sexy ass up here. I struggled up the stairs, and before I know it, from what I remember, I was in her bedroom naked, and it was like I blacked out. I tried to sit up, only to find myself tied to her bed by my arms and legs. Then she entered the room dressed in bondage gear. I was deeply aroused, but confused at the same time. She performed sex acts on me before having full intercourse. I laid there in delight, don't get me wrong, but something still felt off about it all. I had dozed off for a bit and had been woken up by a strange screeching sound. What are you doing? I said as she was wrapping my legs in cling film. Hush now, she said. This is the best bit. I was no longer tied to the bed, but I felt numb and I couldn't move my arms or legs. She kept wrapping me up from my legs upward. I was screaming at her to stop and she placed some cling film in my mouth to shut me up. I struggled to breathe at this point and I tried my best to dislodge the ball from my mouth. Eventually, I was totally wrapped up from head to toe. I could barely see out of the cling film. She told me that this was my punishment for being terrible in bed and that she has many other victims just like me all wrapped up waiting to die. She left the room and I gave out muffled screams. Then I felt myself slowly fading away. I woke up to what was the next day, now able to breathe. This time, people were looking at me. They removed most of the clean film and resuscitated me. I wasn't aware of this until they told me. It turned out that I wasn't actually in Laura's flat, 
but an old-fashioned hotel. The police were all over, asking me questions about what happened. I attempted to show them her Tinder profile, but she had deleted the page. I'm grateful for my rescuers that had saved me, but I'm forever traumatized by the incident and ended up having panic attacks when I see people similar to her. It took me a few years to finally trust people enough to go on dates, but I'm still on the road to recovery mentally. I'm just glad I'm still alive, but wonder if she's still out there and if there are others like me that didn't make it.